Today is March 27th, 2019, and the title of tonight's message is Hunger Man. We're not talking about some TV dinner. We're talking about some real food. We're in an extraordinary series right now, aren't we? About guarding what the Lord has given us. Pastors Wade and Matt preach, guard it, shamar in action. You've been given so much, and what are you doing with it? Are you guarding what the Lord is giving you? Assad and Nick gave us a word. It was treasure it. The Lord wants to give us his treasures. That's the first thing that they told us. The second thing, we can live up to the treasures. And the third thing is we can be the Lord's treasured possession. And go get them. Pastor Eric, Judah, and Justin Treister taught us to go as far as it takes to pursue God's will. We're supposed to go out and save the lost and possess the gates of the enemy. JJ and Rick refreshed us with the location of the sweetest waters and tap in. We can tap into the spirit and living water will pour out of our hearts. Have you guys been tapping in since that message? Have you been tapping into the very presence of God, to the very spirit of God? In an increase and possess it, we were told that it's not enough to receive a blessing from the Lord, but we must also go and take possession of it. We have to fight for what's ours. Look, you got married. Great. You've got a wife. Now you've got to go get a good marriage. Oh, God gave you children. That's great. Now go make godly adults. We've got to take hold of what the Lord is giving us. Amen? So have you been guarding it? Have you been treasuring it? Have you been getting them? Tapping in, increasing in, possessing. See, the thing is, is we could just have an ordinary Wednesday night. We could have a, a night where we just sit down, we listen to a good word, we, we hear a good word, or it could be a night that we actually have transformed hearts and minds. Tonight could be a night where we actually experience the power and presence of God, just like my brother Matt Pirro was talking about in 2 Corinthians 3.18, that we can be transformed into His likeness every day. We can be transformed more into who He is, His character, everything like Him. We can have that tonight. We can have that very wellspring of water be poured into us that it may be poured out to others. Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 3, if you guys want to turn there. Say hungry when you're there. Say hungry. All right. says, be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. You see, the Lord has actually given each and every person in this place land. What does that look like? Does it look like your marriages? Does it look like your workplace? Does it look like your children? What are those things that the Lord has given to you? You see, you have to actually go fight for it. You actually have to go take possession of these things. You can't just sit on the sidelines. You can't just look on the outside and want and hunger after these things, but no, not actually go and get them. See, the reality is, is you have to actually obey the word. Verse 2, And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not. You know, the Lord led them to where they were. They might have looked around and and saw a desert and saw a lack of provision, saw a hard time, and they thought, man, God is punishing us. But no, the Lord led them there for a purpose. How crazy is it? So many times we get 
We get set free from something. They got set free from Egypt. They, they were released from the grips of an evil dictator. The Lord had to kill every firstborn in the nation. They saw miracle after miracle after miracle. And here the Lord has to remind them, remember the way that you came. Don't forget because we do forget, don't we? Man, we go through trials so the Lord can test your faithfulness to the word. Go to verse 3. It says, He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna. See, we could just read this and it could just be a very familiar thing that we've read. But see, whenever He humbles you and He begins to cause a hunger in you, the things that are familiar, the things that you've read time after time after time can actually begin to restore and revive you. Which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. You see, the Lord's been affecting both of us with this word. We come together, we're, what's the Lord been showing you? We realize that the Lord has been showing us the same thing because he's been showing the body the exact same thing. He's been showing us time after time after time the same thing. We have to do his work. The reality is, is that there was a point in my life that, that something happened and I just wasn't hungry for the word anymore. Something happened and I just wasn't longing for the presence of God. Something happened and I just wasn't waking up in the morning desiring to actually read his word and let it transform my heart. And I had to repent of it Saturday. Came up to my brother, told him exactly what's going on. You know what happened that day? I actually found freedom. I found a transformation that day and I began to actually hunger and thirst for the word of God again. Something began to stir inside of me to where I was like, yes, I've read this before, but it's something that's precious to me. It's something that's beautiful to me. We have to actually treasure the things that he is giving us. We have to treasure the very word that he has given us because it's all we can actually have. But are you hungering for it tonight? Are you hung? Are you to the point where you are longing for it with everything in your soul? Or is it just another word? Is it something that is deeply inside of it that says, I want his word. I want to be filled with it. I want it to be who I am. See, he's been transforming my heart. I know he's been transforming my brothers. And I know he's been transforming your guys's. You have to be hungry tonight. Everybody, let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 3. Hungry when you're there. Come on, church. Who's there? I still heard pages turning. All right. And he said to me, son of man, eat whatever you find here. Eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat. And he said to me, son of man, feed your belly with this scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate it and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. Look, Ezekiel literally ate the word. He literally ate the word and it filled his stomach. Man, are you hungry for the word? You know, when you're hungry for it. It will fill you and it's going to taste sweet like honey. You know what else tastes like honey? Manna. 
But manna, you ate the manna one time and you were hungry again. With this, you never have to be hungry again because it's going to fill you. The word lasts. And he said to me, son of man, eat whatever you find here. Eat this scroll and go and speak to the house of Israel. You know, in the, in the Hebrew mind, a word isn't just some ethereal thing. In the Bible, time and time again, it's something that has weight. It has dimension. It's something physical. And he ate it. The word has to get in you. It has to become real to you. Just like this Bible is real. It's got to become real in your life. Let's turn to Psalm 119, 99 through 103. Psalm 119, verse 99 through 103. Say hungry when you get there. Say it with some excitement. Let's wake up in this place. Psalm 119.99 says, I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. Man, what is the meditation of your heart? What is the meditation that you're thinking throughout the day? I'm reminded during worship, I'm thinking about Psalm 40 verse 2. If you want to put that up there. Psalm 40 verse 2. I'll turn there. It says, He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. I'm reminded of the pit that He took me out of. I'm reminded out of the waste that He took me out of. I'm reminded of what He has taken me from and how He has placed me on a rock that is a firm foundation. I don't know if you guys felt that during worship, but God has been faithful in our lives. He has been faithful in every single person's life here. And He's going to continue to be faithful. Man, we have seen amazing things in this house. Has He not been faithful, church? Has He not been faithful in your life? You have to meditate on the goodness of the Lord. You have to be meditating on your mezuzah, the very purpose that He has given each and every one of us in here. The very calling that He has placed on your life. You have to be meditating on that. Otherwise, you're meditating on your past. Otherwise, you're meditating on your flesh. What is your heart meditating on? Do I need to say it again? What have you been meditating on, church? Meditate on the riches of the King of Kings. Meditate on the Word. It's our life. I have kept, I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. See, that's the thing, church, is we have to actually obey the Word of God, and it gives us understanding that we didn't have in the past. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a high school dropout. I'm not the brightest of people. But see, the God has given me understanding as I obey His Word. He gives me understanding as I read His Word, and He begins to fill me with insight. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey Your Word. Man, the Word says deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow after Christ, right? What are you doing? What, through what are you going for to deny yourself in every way so that your foot doesn't slip? What, what things are you putting before you? What stones are you going over? What nabals that do you have on your scar, scripture cards that you can look at and say, yeah, I'm not going to do that. In fact, I'm going to live righteously. 
verse 102. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. See, the words should be sweet to us. It should be something that we actually treasure. It should be something that we want to guard with everything in us because it's the only thing that's ever given any of us life. It's the only thing that's ever been of any worth to us, no matter what you've ran after in your past, whatever you've tried to go through. The only thing that has ever been treasure is His very Word. Church, what is the bread? What's the bread? What's the bread? All right, turn to John chapter 4. 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Which is hilarious. And Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Guys, what good is the bread of the word if you don't do the work of the word? If you don't do the work of the word, you're not eating the word. Yeah, it is. Look, you can come and sit in services twice a week. You can come to home meetings. You can get full of the Word. You have so much Word. You're Word rich. But if you don't eat it, what good is it doing you? If you don't actually do what those words were telling you to do, what good is it for you? Nothing. Nothing. Like, was I the only one that kind of slacked off on my Abigail on the ball card? No. 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 no, thank you. I wasn't the only one then? All right. So we hear words, we get taught, and then we don't actually do them. Our church tries to feed us continually, but it's not any good if you never took a bite. It's like you're a starving man and you set your home in the middle of bread factory. You've got bread all around you. You've got bread coming out your ears. You don't even know what to do with all the bread you've got, but you can't eat a bite. You've got to actually do what the Word says. That's eating the Word. Now, I've got an example of that in my life. My mezuzah. The Lord showed me my mezuzah once. Uh, I was Praying about it, asking the Lord to show me, and He shows me in a moment to illuminate the presence of God to others. See, the fact is, is that I wasn't quite, quite in the fellowship that I needed to be in. I wasn't quite involved in the discipleship that I needed to be involved in. So what I did, I grabbed it, I ran with it, and I did nothing about it. I was like, oh man, that's my mezuzah, that's great, and I didn't really do much about it. It wasn't until about two years later that I actually sat down with the pastor and I'm like, hey, This is what I believe the Lord showed me. Would you help me to refine it? Would you help me to actually get exactly what the Lord's called me to do? It's Ephesians 3, 7 through 9. It says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. He's made me to be a servant and minister of his gospel. 
Keep reading. It says, although I'm less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the aboundless riches of Christ and to make plain the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. See, the fact was that I was too involved in what Andrew wanted to do. I was too involved in what Andrew's life was, was, what was going on in my life that I actually couldn't get the fact that I am less than the least of all God's people. When, I, when I'm not living like that, when I'm not living like I'm less than the least of all God's people, I can't even begin to do my mezuzah. But see, once the Lord illuminated the reality that He has called me, that He has purposed me to do this, I can actually walk in it. I can actually find amazing life when I'm actually illuminating the reality of God to others. But see, it started... It started with humility. It started with me actually asking somebody, I need help with this. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I need, I need to be shored up. What I've been finding beautiful lately is seeing men of God walking in their very purposes. I'm reminded of Andrew Hayes. I get to see his life since he's my roommate. I get to see him pour out his life like a drink offering. I get to see him pour out his life for the salvation of others. I'm reminded of people like Nolan Hewitt that are called the light people on fire for the heart of God. Reminded of Rick displaying the gospel through acts of service. Not many people can work like him. Not many people can serve like him. Daniel bridging the gap between God and man. And Carlos exposing lies and establishing the truth. We have some high callings in this place. We have some incredible purposes that God has given us. Man, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. But what if they had the calling and they never did it? But they're going to do it. Amen? We see them doing it all the time. That's what's encouraging. You know what's encouraging? I see that Daniel has a calling and he walks in his calling. Man, I've got a calling. Maybe I can walk in mine too. You can walk in yours too. Look, let's turn to John chapter 6. Go to verse 5. We're right there in John 4. Start in verse 5. Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. What's Jesus ask Philip? Where can we get bread? And what's Philip's response? Lord, we don't have enough money to get bread. We don't have enough money to get bread. We can't afford that. Do you know how much money that would take? None of us can relate to that. None of us can relate to not having enough. Not having enough. Not having enough talent. Lord, I can't do that because I'm not that guy. Like, the Lord calls me to be a pastor, but I can't call the pizza place and order a pizza because I'm so scared of talking on the phone. (laughs) Yeah, y'all laughing. Wasn't funny to me. (laughs) Like, no. We'll just go hungry. (laughs) 
We don't have enough resources. There's no way we can accomplish this. You want us to have that building. That, that building over there. The multiple million dollar building. This impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. Man, the time just isn't right. I, I can't do that right now. I just, we've got so much going on. You know, school, kids are in baseball. We just can't accomplish what the Lord's called me to do. The reason he put me on the earth. Are you kidding me? We make excuses. We make so many excuses of why we can't. I can't. Man, I just remember sitting in my room, looking up at the ceiling, and I wouldn't have called it this in the moment, but it was anger. I was angry with God. I was frustrated with Him. Like, Lord, why would you bring me here and put me here doing this? I can't do this. And sometimes the Lord answers back, that's the first sensible thing you've said all day. (laughs) Of course you can't do this. Why would I call you to do it if you could do it on your own? I get the glory, not you. Man, he's just revealing my need for him. He's making me hungry. And as I hunger for him, he's going to feed me with his bread. That's amazing. Something the Lord showed me this week. This is in, don't turn there, but Exodus 14. The Lord is, is, is bringing the Israelites through the deserts. He's bringing the Israelites through difficult situations. And we know that the desert is here to develop us. It's to, to grow us up into maturity. We know that it's for testing, that it's our good. And the thing is, is that it was also for God's glory. It was also that his name would be known to the nations and, and to the Egyptians. It's beautiful that his glory is his. We can't take any of it. We do these things because it's for him. John 6, verse 8 through 10. Half the people are there. You were already there. <laughs> it was a like trick question. You should question. have said hungry. It's a trick question. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for so many? Man, that deficiency, I don't have enough to do what it takes. I don't have enough talent. I don't have enough skill. I don't have what it takes. But when you keep reading, Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place. So the men sat down about 5,000 in number. We know what happens is that God multiplies the bread. God multiplies the little that Andrew has. Andrew's having doubt in this moment. We don't have enough for 5,000. Yeah, but the reality is, is blind aren't supposed to see, but they did. The lame aren't supposed to walk, but they did in the Word. The dead aren't supposed to raise, but they did in the Word, and they're doing in this place. The prisoners aren't supposed to be free, but they are in this place. Shadows don't heal people, but they do. What is the impossible thing that God has already done in your life now? If you look at the past, if you look at what he's taken you from, what he's taken you out of, and where he has placed you, how could we doubt that he could use us? How can we doubt 
that he can use the very little talent that we have, the little ability, the little, the little that we have. How can we doubt that if we give it to him, if we surrender all that we are, all that we have, and we give it to him, he will do far more with the little that we do give him than the much that we keep to ourselves. The thing is, is the fact is, is that we usually keep as much as we can to ourselves. Say, Lord, you can't have this portion, but you can have this. Yeah, man, God will use the very little that you do have and that you give to him. He'll wipe away the fear, the doubt, the worry that says, I can't do what you've called to me to do. I can't illuminate the reality of God to others. I can't preach the gospel to the nations. I can't do the things that you called me to do, God. But the fact is, is that when you trust in him, you trust that whenever you pour out every last drop that you have, even though it's not very much, he'll make up the difference and he'll multiply it. He'll take the five loaves, he'll take them and he'll multiply them so that 5,000 can eat. He'll take your small talents, he'll take your little abilities and use it to change lives. We see it every day. We see it every day when we walk in his presence, when we illuminate his presence to those around us. He's been faithful and he always will. God is desiring that we give him what we have. Because the thing is, is you can actually do the work. You actually have everything that you need to do the work because he's given you his word, right? He's given you his spirit. He's given you every spiritual gift. That's what the word tells us, that he's prepared good works and before their time. He's prepared good works for us. We actually have everything that we could ever need, but there's still that doubt. There's still that, Lord, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it, but he can. You can do the work. Let's erase all doubt tonight. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete may be complete, equipped for every good work. Man, you might doubt in yourself, but don't doubt in the Word. The Word will equip you for every good work. The Word will make you complete. The Word will shape you. The Word will make the impossible possible because we have impossible bread. It's impossible bread because we didn't work for it. We didn't make it. We didn't bake it. The Lord gave it to us. And it's been given to you. But will you eat it? Let's go to Mark 7, verse 26. Say hunger when you get there. Mark 7, 26. It says, now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. She's talking to Jesus. Jesus replies, and it says, and he said to her, let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And we have read this time after time. We've read the scripture. We know the scripture. But the fact is, is do we have hunger like that in this place? Hunger that says, I don't care what I look like. I don't care what I sound like. I don't care what it takes. I actually want to pursue him and I want to be fed by him. I want to experience the healing of God. But she answered him, yes, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat children's crumb. 
And he said to her, for this statement, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. Man, I, I'm sitting, or I'm, I'm standing in, in service at a prison on this Sunday. And I'm sitting there and I'm realizing, like, I need to actually hunger like this woman. I'm sitting there, I'm watching people that aren't even hungering for the Lord. And I see a trustee, somebody standing outside of the pods. And he's standing there watching what's happening inside because he is hungering for it. I proceed to get on my face and ask, God, would you change my heart? Would you change me to hunger like this lady? Would you help me to hunger to the point where I say, yes, even the children's crumbs is what the dogs eat. Would you make me hunger like this? See, the word has to be more important than our next breath. It has to be more important than the food we eat. Man, it's, it's been changing my heart to the point where I don't eat before I read in the morning. I'm asking that the Lord would feed me for the day. I'm asking that He would put His Word inside of me so that I can do His work. Amen. So you have to get the bread and you have to eat of it. Matthew 5, 6. You don't have to turn there. They'll put it up on the screen. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. They will be filled. Look, maybe what we thought was a resource problem, what we thought was a self-deficiency, maybe that wasn't the problem at all. Maybe we just had a hunger problem. Because the hungry are the ones that get full. The hungry are the ones that get filled. The hungry will be blessed. Look, you're blessed with fresh bread and you're tapped into living water if you hunger and thirst. But do you? I think we're in a room full of hungry people. I think we are in a room full of thirsty people that are trying with everything they have within them to reach after the call that they have on their lives. And I see it time and time again where you might fall down for a little bit, but you say, don't count me out yet. Don't count me out yet. I might have fallen in the past. I might fall again, but I'm not done yet. And I'm not done yet. I'm still hungry. I'm still thirsty. And we're not going to stop until we get what we need. Revelation 3, verse 17. And then we'll go to verse 20 after that. Revelation 3, verse 17. Say hungry when you get there. Revelation 3.17, it says, For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. You have to come to a state where you realize your lack. You realize that you actually need these things. See, they weren't hungry, they were full. They had everything that they needed. They had everything that they could possibly want and desire. But they were lacking something important. See, the Lord is calling us to turn to Him tonight and to actually hunger for His presence, to hunger for His Word, and to hunger to do His work because He's called each and every one of us. He is faithful to fill you. Whenever we actually turn to Him, when we turn to Him and say, Lord, would You help me to hunger for You? Would You help me to hunger more and more for You? 
Not to the point where I just, I go to the altar and I feel good, but tomorrow that I wake up and I hunger that your word would fill me and feed me, just like Ezekiel, no different. That you would fill me with doing the very work that you've placed in my life. That's the kind of hunger. Verse 20. It says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and eat with him and he with me. And out of the repentance is when the Lord dined with them. Out of their repentance is when the Lord met them, found them, and said, I will eat with you. They shared his food. They shared in the very work of God. That's what communion is. It's sharing in the very work of God with them. Because he's given his each gifts. He's given us each the ability to do his work. He is calling us to take part with him. He is calling us to take part of that very bread that is his work. And the great thing is, he's standing at the door and knocking for you. He's knocking for you. He's waiting for you. All we have to do is open the door. And he's going to have food there for us. Look, let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8 one more time. Deuteronomy 8 chapter 1, verse 1. Let's all turn it together. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. Guys, obedience is eating the word. Verse two, it says, and you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you testing you to know what is in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and led you, let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live on bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. See, the word is bread and we have to hunger for it. We have to hunger for it and he helps us to hunger for it. If you're struggling with hungering for the Lord, struggling with hungering for His work and His bread, He'll help you get there. He'll help you start to hunger so that you can do the things that He's calling you to do. Verse 4, Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these 40 years. They had everything they needed to accomplish what He had called them to do. And you have everything you need to accomplish what He's called you to do. The Word is the bread. Obedience is eating the Word. And you have everything you need. Because God will make you hungry. And then He will feed you. We're about to get into the Lord's presence. But the thing is, we have to actually hunger and thirst for the things of God. If you guys want to get to your feet. We actually have to want to pursue after Him. We actually have to want to desire Him with all of our hearts. I believe we're in a church where all of you guys are hungering and thirsting after the King of Kings. You guys are hungering and thirsting after Him. But the fact is, is that we can actually do the work. We can actually accomplish the very things that He's placed in our lives to do. It's just most of the time we don't believe it. Most of the time we are looking to our left, looking to our right, not knowing if we can actually accomplish what He's placed in our lives. 
but I know every single man and woman can in here. You have to hunger for the King of Kings tonight. You have to hunger for that living bread. And you have to ask, Lord, would you fill me with your word tonight so that tomorrow as I wake up, I can experience your presence. That as tomorrow when I wake up, I can feel the very joy of the Lord, which is your strength. Lord, would you begin to fill us with your very hunger in this place? God, would your presence be in here with us, Lord? Lord, as we meet with you, as we experience you, Jesus, Lord, we want to know you. Lord, we want to know what your presence is, God. We want to know what your word is teaching us to do. Lord, would you give us confidence, Lord? Would you give us confidence that we can do what you've called us to do?